CMB episode 60. Welcome to the CMB podcast, a podcast designed to serve people of faith who make music. If you're looking for practical and inspirational ideas to help you in your musical craft, then look no further. ChristianMusicBlog.com is all about helping you think differently about creativity through eyes of faith as you learn how to establish healthy musical habits and disciplines, fueling your creativity and making you more prolific for the glory of God. And now your host, Nate Fancher. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 60th episode of the CMB Podcast. We are a podcast serving people of faith who make music, whether you are a songwriter, a singer, an artist, a musician, um, whatever, wherever you are in your musical journey, whether you're a beginner or a professional, we're all about uh, having the conversation about music making through eyes of faith. And uh, this podcast has been going for 60 episodes now, and I'm super excited to have you join me today. In fact, if it's your first time, head over to christianmusicblog.com slash gift, and I have a gift for you, um, especially if you're an, a songwriter. Being organized as a songwriter is incredibly important. Uh, before I started using Evernote, I was all over the place in my songwriting. I had several different journals. I had notebooks with different ideas here and there, um, computer files, uh, you know, thumb drives, CDs, blah, 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 and on and on. And I was just completely disorganized. And Evernote has helped me keep everything in one place. So if you head over to christianmusicblog.com slash gift, I have a free mp3 and a free pdf on how I use Evernote as a songwriter. I developed a little system and um, I know it'll help you stay organized and on top of it as you seek to be more prolific in your songwriting. Again, that's christianmusicblog.com slash gift. All right, super excited about today's conversation with Josh and Angela Walker. They are a couple from Texas and uh, have put together an amazing project with a great story called Hymns for Selena. And uh, I'll get into that in a second, but just want to say, you probably can tell I have a cold. Um, It's so funny. Every time I talk to someone on the phone, they're like, oh, I hope you feel better. I can tell you have a cold. Are you sick? You know? And uh, yeah, I'm fighting a little bit of a cold here today, but um, I'm... I'm okay. I'm excited in my in in my soul and very pumped to be here. As always, I love doing this podcast and um, excited about where we're headed. Um, I'm, I've kind of been alluding to some of this in some emails to the people on the email list, but um, I'm planning on uh, some changes coming up soon. And without saying too much, I'll just say this: I'm I'm super excited about um, focusing on musicianship and. Um, uh, there's a little phrase that a guy named Michael Hyatt uses in his um, in his blog and in his uh, products and stuff. It's intentional leadership. His his whole message is about developing leaders. And um, I've been thinking a lot about musicianship. And I, I work with musicians uh, both here at my church and then also um, in different other at other churches, different bands, of course through CMB and um, songwriting. You know all kinds of fun friends that I have that play music. And, and I see all kinds of different gift mixes in musicians, and I see different skill levels, obviously. And uh, as I get older, I have more and more of a passion to see people really understand what musicianship is. And um, this is more than just being a better uh, guitar player or a better singer or something. Um, it's, it's actually the mindset of a musician and a creative person as a musical person. And just been thinking a lot about that, and um, I have a lot of ideas for a new direction 
um, not completely new, and we're going to be serving uh, musicians. That's where things are headed, obviously. And uh, being a being a person of faith myself, I obviously am going to talk about Jesus and and how the the best musician in all the universe, God Himself, um, is is all about us listening and making sure that our ears are attentive to what's happening around us, um, and and thinking less about us and more about others and less about what our own little piece of the puzzle might be, but more about the greater puzzle itself. Um, I know that sounds cryptic, but what I'm getting at is basically that, you know, in a big orchestra, um, everyone has a part to play. And I think musicianship is all about that. And so very excited about this, this, uh, this thing, intentional musicianship and, and what that entails. So there's some coaching involved. There's practical um, things for musicians involved, little um, workshop clinic type things. And, um, and then me as an artist, I'm very excited about some things that I'm working on just in my own songwriting and my own recording stuff and um, going to be releasing some new music, Lord willing, in the next, uh, by the end of the year, Lord willing. You know, I, I always think of that verse in James where James is like, um, you know, who are you to say that you're going to go do business in such and such a place? What you should say is, Lord willing, we will go there. The point is, is that we're all, uh, you know, a vapor. And so, you know, and also I, I take that, that's a very serious thing, but also I kind of laugh at it because, you know, the reality is, is things come up. And so I don't want to overpromise and underproduce. Um, I'd rather be the other side. So, but I, but I can't help but to share things that are on my heart. So that's why I'm, I'm sitting here being long winded on my own podcast. And man, that's why I'm a podcaster. So, um, anyway, um, podcasting's great for long winded people. Um, but, I'm really excited about where we're headed with all that, and I'll be uh, filling you in on all of that in the coming weeks. Tied to that is this uh, four-part course on uh, music marketing, and I've been developing this for a little while, been been working on that behind the scenes, and I'm excited about that. It's going to be simple, um, but if you're a subscriber, I'm going to give it to you for free, and uh, there's some more stuff coming with that as well, so you'll be finding out all about that. Um all right, yeah. So I'm um, I'm kind of unscripted here. I have a cold, and so my head's a little foggy. But listen, this interview that's coming up here is inspiring. Hymns for Selena. It's a it's a project that that was born in the heart of Josh and Angela Walker about five years ago, while they went on a mission trip to Guatemala, and they met a young uh, young orphan named Selena. And um, as they were coming home from this mission trip, they really felt that the Lord was calling them to pursue uh, adopting, uh, adopting her. And we talk about this story and how this project, Hymns for Selena, it's a, it's a full-length album of hymns, um, and it's available for free at Noise Trade. And we talk about all this and more, and I'm just really inspired to see uh, some people uh, use music as a way to share a bigger story. I think a lot of musicians put all their eggs in the basket of their music and you know it has to be amazing music for that to be worth it and 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 most of the time even that is still kind of lacking something and i think the ones who have longevity the artists who uh, have success they have more of a story to tell they they do something more than just put out a record they they um they tie it to something bigger than themselves and so that's what this story is it's a story that is inspiring. It's a story that will challenge you, and um, it will also just cause us to pray because the story is not over yet. 
And uh, so I won't take up any more time. I want to go ahead and get right into my conversation with Josh and Angela and this inspiring story about their project, Hymns for Selena. Well, it's great to have Josh and Angela Walker on the CNB podcast today. Guys, thanks for coming on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. We're excited to be here and talk about our story. And yeah, Thank you for having us. Yeah, yeah you have quite a story. So um, your, your, your album, Hymns for Selena, is available on Noise Trade and through your website. And why don't we just first start by asking the question, who is Selena? Tell us the story. Yeah, okay. So... Um, I mean, it's a long story, but um, just to give you a brief synopsis, we met Selena a little bit um, over six years ago, about six years ago in Guatemala on a mission trip. And um, she was living at an orphanage. We were on a mission trip and we were helping out at the orphanage and um, we met her that week. And it, it was just a really kind of an instant connection for us, just as far as she was two at the time. Um, she was real small and just felt like she was, she was in the baby room. So we felt like, um, maybe she was younger than she was, but she was two at the time. And, um, we just spent a ton of time with her that week and, um, and just really felt this unique connection to her. I mean, you know, all the kids really at the orphanage are really cute and just, I mean, all of them need families and whatnot, but for whatever reason, like there's just this unique special bond, you know, between, at first, Angela and Selena, and then myself and Selena. And so just that whole week was really surreal for us because um, we didn't have children of our own at that time. We do now, but um, we didn't at that time. And and so we, we always knew that we wanted to adopt, but we didn't know that would be so early. I think we were only two years in our marriage, yeah. right? Yeah, Angela's going to help me with the dates and stuff <laughs> and things. But uh, yeah, so we're only two years into our marriage, and then we're meeting this this girl in an orphanage, and just really being blown away by her. And it was just uh, it was a crazy week. But so that's where we met her. That's that's first where we met her. Then the you know it kind of progressed from there because after that week, we kind of felt like you know there's there's more to the story. There's more that's going to go on with this with our connection with Selena. And so we just started doing as much research as we could and started to, um, you know, find out things about the country of Guatemala that, um, you know, were disappointing. And um, I guess a, a year or so prior to us yeah. meeting her, um, Guatemala had closed international adoption. So there were no more new cases that were, they weren't allowed, no one was allowed to start new cases. So we kind of got stalled out. We met this child, fell in love with her, felt like the Lord was saying, you know, you need to pursue her and um, and for her good and and just see where that goes and and then we were ultimately just kind of hit with a, a closed door at the time so that's kind of just a real short synopsis of it all but that's kind of Selena the beginnings I suppose. yeah, yeah. Um, she um, just a little bit more about Selena Selena was born with cerebral palsy um, so she has um, some special needs in that regard and um, we knew that the orphanage uh, being understaffed and um, there's a lot of children there um, heartbreakingly there's a lot of children there knew that she probably needed um, more care than what 
you know, they, they were able to provide. She was fairly new. She'd only been at the orphanage about three weeks when we showed up and they weren't, they were very admittingly not sure what to do with her. We don't know how to take care of this child. And mm. um, when we, when we had to leave to return to the States, of course, we were heartbroken. We didn't know how we would stay in contact with her. We had missionary friends there that, um, assured us that they would keep an eye on her and report to us and we got back and about a week later they um one of our missionary friends told us that she was in the hospital with pneumonia and that's when um things just got really real for us we were very devastated and worried and scared and probably the most fear that i've ever felt um and not being able to be there with her yeah so we're just kind of being out of the picture when you know your child or someone you love is just you know, in the hospital and, and not doing well. So that was really hard for us, for sure. Yeah, but the Lord was gracious and um, she pulled through. And uh, it, it's amazing that the fact that she was ill and in the hospital kind of um, alerted the doctors and the or- orphanage director that um, she needed that care, that one-on-one care that they couldn't provide for her. So um, from the doctor's recommendation, she went home with our missionary friend um, in order to recover from the, the pneumonia that she had. And, um, that's when we made our next trip to go see her. And then we visited that first year a lot and um, yeah. just saw her um, blossom when she had that one-on-one care and, you know, the love of, of people that, you know, that really loved the Lord mm-hmm. <laughs> and loved her. And so um, that was really um, encouraging to us that she was able to receive that and um, she had to go back to the orphanage though and that was hard um, yeah for sure because with our missionary friends we had contact with them so they would email us pictures and just hey Selena's doing great today and all this stuff she's eating a lot and all this kind of stuff but then when she went back to the orphanage it was a lot of uncertainty we didn't have contact with that and and so um, just to fast forward a little bit in the story like I, I was teaching in Dallas at the time, and um, and then I was let go because of some financial situations within the district, uh, last hired, first fired kind of thing. So I was I was let go with some severance pay, but I was able, because of because I didn't have a job, I was able to go on a trip, another trip, like a couple weeks later with, uh, with our church. And so I went back by myself and just jumped on this with this team, and I spent all week, you know, with Selena at the orphanage. And um, it was just an, another kind of confirmation in, our, in, in, my, in my heart, in my mind, that, you know, we wanted to pursue Selena. And we knew that adoption was closed at that point, but we, we just felt like, you know, God's going to do something more with her. And so, you know, we're five years later still hoping that, you know, one day we still would like to and want to adopt Selena. And, and we'll just have to see kind of where that road goes. But. Yeah. Um, on that trip that Josh was just talking about, he um <laughs> he called me and said Selena's really not happy here. She she was very happy when we had seen her with our missionary friends. Um she's not happy. She's looks kind of sick again and um so through just a long story short, we were able to um um legally move her out of the orphanage into a foster care situation with some friends who had also been an um, integral part of her recovery after she was um after she left the hospital. So that was in 2008. And we said, hopefully, you know, you'll have her, we'll, we'll bring her home at Christmas. (laughs) So 
that was uh, you know five years ago. So they that that's who's caring for Selena now is this family, the Echeverria family in Guatemala. They're an amazing family, love the Lord and absolutely adore Selena. Um, take wonderful care of her. And so um, Selena's not in the orphanage anymore, just to clarify. Yeah, the family that she's with now is the is the foster family that agreed to take her in. Like when I when we called and say, Hey, can you take this child for a couple weeks? <laughs> That was yeah. five years ago. <laughs> yeah. But it's, you go ahead. So how old is Selena now? She's eight. Yeah, she's eight. She just turned eight in April. In yeah. April, yeah. And um, you've had kids since then. You have two, right? You have a son yeah. and a daughter? We have a, a four-year-old son. His name is Nathan. And then a one-year-old daughter. Uh, her name is Charity. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are their, I mean, I'm sure you're talking about Selena with them. You probably pray together as a family for her. What's that like? <laughs> oh man I mean like um, like praying for Selena I mean it's for me you know especially after we have you know you probably know this but like after you have kids of your own you find out like that's the probably the one consistent thing that you pray for the most often in your life you know yeah. so even before we had our own kids uh, like praying for Selena every morning and praying together with Angela like that was the first thing that we would always um, that at least stuck out in my mind is something every day I'm going to pray for Selena and every day I mean I feel like in some degree in some way we have prayed for Selena every day between the two of us for the uh, for the last five years and so it just that I mean yeah that's huge for us because you know it's through prayer and things like you know like that that really keep us grounded and just believe that you know God is he's in control and he loves us and all that kind of stuff so and with Nathan, Charity's still, she's one, so she doesn't really understand any of that yet. But Nathan, you know, he knows Selena, and, you know, we look at pictures of Selena, and they send us, the great thing about the, the family that's caring for her, you know, they they send us pictures often, and we talk to them often, and there's text messages every week, and emails, and um, so we all get to, you know, see her that way. Um, yeah. Nathan has Skype, you know, we Skype with them, so he, he's talked to her that way, and I don't know if he fully understands the extent of the story, obviously, but um, he knows Selena and he knows that we love her and that she's a part of our lives, even though we don't get to see her all the time. So he has not—he hasn't met her yet. We're we're waiting to hopefully one day take him on a trip with mm-hmm. us. Yeah. He's, now that he's getting older, so yeah, that'd be that'd be awesome. Well, why don't we fast forward a little bit, talk and talk about the the project, the hymns, the hymns recording. Tell us. How that got started? I have a I have a handful of questions about that, but I know you're part of the Village Church yeah. here in, in Dallas, and um, so you are, are you are you a musician yourself? You guys? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, Angela is not a musician, but um, she's she's a great person to run your music by if you need some suggestions. She's, though she's married to a musician, which is <laughs> an entirely different category of yeah, uh, amazing metal. Yeah. Which, um, <laughs> Yeah, so I, I've been playing bass. Uh, bass is my main instrument. So I've been playing kind of in the church scene for since I was young. My mom is kind of musical and, and all that kind of stuff. So um, with the with the album, so we, we now currently live in Houston. And the last seven years, we were living in Dallas. And members uh, of the Village Church and just plugged in there to the music uh, ministry and all that kind of stuff. There, and just tons of people. And so... The project came about as I was teaching. I was teaching fifth grade at the time. And um, there's another uh, kind of independent singer-songwriter. His name is Josh Garrels, an amazing songwriter. And I just listened to his music a lot. And 
he came out with this idea or he came out with a, a project where he released five of his albums on noise trade for about for free basically and said that if you know you download any of my music for the next month i'm going to give all the proceeds to uh to some nonprofit that he was you know supporting so i was like wow this guy he's he's got a really great following and he's giving away his albums for free that's amazing i never thought about that and uh and i had this idea like what he raised, if, like, oh, it was like 30, I mean, it was a lot of money that he raised for that nonprofit, which was crazy to me. But, so through that process, I came home and I told Angela, like, I think, I think what if we, like, put an album together with all of our friends that know Selena, that love Selena, like, what if we just get everybody together and we record this, this awesome album and we feature, you know, like, 10 of our friends as artists or whatever, just, we'll just feature them and, uh, and then we'll just make this amazing record and, why don't we just give it away for free? And anything that comes in, we'll just send straight to Selena. And so that was, I guess, last spring. And I was like... And he'd been working on songs for years, re- re- redoing um, some old hymns just mm-hmm. over the... Really over the past seven years, <laughs> he's been just working yeah. on these different songs. Um, so he had all these songs that had been really important to us over these years of praying and waiting and hoping you know for selena i didn't really know what those songs were about i mean like four years ago i, I rewrote the song turn your eyes upon jesus you know and i i never knew like what i thought maybe that was a, a demo project or maybe that was something else i even had lauren chandler come over and we were, did like a songwriting session about it but it just never went anywhere and you know that's evidence really of, of god's timing i think but um so a lot, yeah, a lot of the songs were. Yeah, yeah, he had all the songs. We had all the songs. We just needed someone who could sing. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> so. just needed kind of a direction for all that, and so, um, so that was cool. We just we and the amazing part about this whole story, one of the things is like I wanted to say that it's it's really been a community effort. Like the people that love Selena, the people that love us and know about Selena, and like, I mean, they all went to church with us. They all like, I mean, they're friends of ours. Um, you know, they were like, when I, for instance, as an example, when I contacted Lauren and said, hey, would you think about singing a song on this album that we're going to give away? I mean, she just emailed me back and said, hey, I, I don't even have to think about this. Like, I don't even have to pray about this. I'm in. Like, I want to do it. And so for people like that to, who are amazingly talented to be overly generous to us, um, that was really amazing to me because, I mean, if if I sing the record or some, some it's not going to be very good. But if, uh, if our friends can sing the record who are amazing in what they do, then it's going to turn out great. And I can't believe that we had like 10 people that are just in our own minds, like very talented, um, give to the record that it turned out the way it did. I mean, it's the quality of it, I believe. And I think maybe, you know, obviously we're biased because we created it, but um, I really think the quality is, is, is really good. And that's because the people, you know, gave gave to that project. So yeah, it's it's awesome to see the different folks. I mean, you have a different person on every song. It, it yeah, seems to be right. Ten different artists. Ten different art. Most of whom are at the village. Um, you know, some are from older relationships. Like um, I played bass with Billy and Cindy Foot for years, and so that relationship, I just called them up. They said, "Of course, we're in for that." They have three adopted kids, I think, of their own. So. Adoption is huge uh, in their heart. So, um, and then a couple of people that we met, like when we moved to Houston, 
um, like David Gentiles and, and Alan Lizenby. Um, so just, just people like that. So it's all people that we, we know and that people, you know, that know our story. And it's just, it was amazing. That's awesome. And um, going back again, you said you, you, you had been revamping these old hymns. Um, were, these, were all of these done before you got into the studio? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. There was a like "Be That My Vision," the remake of that. That was probably like the last one that I did. Um, but all of them were like, yeah. So I I wrote and kind of produced out like as far as like the structure and the arrangements and all that kind of stuff beforehand. Except for David Gentiles. Except for um, yeah, one song by David Gentiles. He donated to the project. There is a fountain filled with blood. But um, so all there's nine songs that that we rewrote and kind of produced out, and then David gave that song to the project. So, and and during the actual production um, part of the record, you you guys were sort of the executive producers, if if we can use that language. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. We kind of put all that together, and um, my brother is a very talented musician, and he lives in the Houston area too, and so. He kind of helped me produce it all out. He's very guitar heavy and all that kind of stuff. So for me, it was like the bass and rhythm and all that, all that kind of stuff. And then he did a lot of the electric guitars and and did a lot of that. That kind of filled up the record. So yeah, so we could we could be considered producers, I guess. Yeah. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just the opinionated person. <laughs> hey, that that matters. That really does matter. What was your role, Angela? And I mean, what did you do during the process if you weren't? playing an instrument or singing tell us a little bit about your involvement i did a lot of listening um <laughs> i actually changed rhythms for josh in a couple songs i don't like that rhythm i'm I telling you somewhere like this and i yeah. would like literally drum on the table she's really good like okay so the first uh as an example like uh standing on the promises like we had it i'd written it out one way and then you know i played it to her and i'm like this doesn't feel right it's missing something and she's like you need to rewrite that. Like you need to change it because it's not very good. And, I'm very honest. Yeah. So, but we we changed it to the current version, and it's just it's one of my favorites on the album because because she had an input. So she's just very intuitive. So it, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, that that's the opening track. It, I remember when I first uh, listened to it all. It's just great, great opening track, great opening song, and got my attention and, and a good song and. Uh, I love the style. It's very like Americana, um, very good, very rootsy. I love it. Yeah, thanks a lot for that. And you know, it's kind of like the, another thing about the songs that I like to tell people is that um, the songs for us really, like if you, even if you think about that song, Standing on the Promises, I mean, the whole song is about like believing God's promises that he has written to us in the scriptures. So like when we're rewriting these songs or like as an example, Be Thou My Vision, I mean, that song is so rich with just good, like like fundamental beliefs for us as we're walking through this season of like waiting for God to open adoption, you know, and believing that, just trying to believe God and not that like at all that we've been given the promise that we're going to adopt Selena. Like that's not the point. But the point is that above that we've given We've been given promises that he's for our good, that he's, you know, that we can trust him, all that kind of stuff, that he's not withholding something from us. So all of that, like the songs are not just songs for us. Like for us, the songs are meaningful songs. And, you know, I mean, hymns are the best, like, in, our, in my opinion, like 
one of the best, um, some of the deepest songs, like the most well-written songs over the years, and they've, they've stood the test of time because they're that way. And so they mean a lot to us, and, um, and so, yeah. That's great. Well, um, I'm just curious, have you, have you sent the project to Selena? Has she had an opportunity to hear it? Yeah, they uh, yes, they they have a copy of the record and and uh, and they're like the family is real supportive too. Like the Foster family, they have a, a younger son. He's he's our age. He's a musician too, so like he loves it. And you know, he's even trying to get some other things going, like translating it into Spanish and different things like that. So awesome. they're so supportive, and it's um, yeah. yeah, it's really cool. The great thing is. Um that happened when we met Selena is we, you know, we fell in love with Selena and we felt like in our hearts we gained a daughter. And then when the Echeverria family came in, we gained a whole family. So yeah. they're very supportive of us, very supportive of them. Um, and we've supported them and, you know, as much as we can over these years. And the reason the project came about is because his family deserves more than what we've really been able to give them. Um, the Lord is gracious to always meet Selena's needs, and we pray that he continues to use us to do that. But we just wanted to kind of do above and beyond our monthly kind of thing. You know, we wanted to just bless them because they have literally dropped everything to care for Selena. And, um, you know, there's so much more that they could do if they um, didn't have Selena to take care of. But they, they don't care. They want to take care of Selena. They love Selena. They've always said it's their honor and their joy. Um, you just don't find a lot of people in life like that, you know. Um, so the project is is for Selena, it's for them. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, now, how are things going now? Give us an update. We talked a little bit uh, before, you know, we, we started recording here, but um, you released it in November. Uh, we're now in the summer. Tell us, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot going through your hearts and minds. There's a lot of ups and downs emotionally for you guys but um where are things currently in guatemala as far as the adoption thing and whatever else you'd like to share along those lines yeah uh, as far as adoption goes um you know guatemala as a country is still closed internationally so there's no uh, there's no new cases coming out of guatemala which if you think about like the history of guatemala is really crazy because like in 2007 for instance uh, right before they closed, like China was number one in like babies being adopted from into the United States. So China was number one, and then Guatemala was number two. So I mean, tons of kids are being adopted. Yeah, I mean, it's just crazy. So since then, there's been no no new adoption cases. So so now that's the current state is is they're trying to work through a lot of the like the issues, a lot of the the laws. I mean, there were a lot of like, and there are. Before it stopped, there were a lot of, you know, good reasons for them to kind of try to fix things because a lot of kids were, you know, people were taking a, a advantage of the system. And so they wanted to fix that whole thing. So, but that, we haven't heard really a whole lot of updated good news. I mean, it's kind of just been stall after stall after stall. It's just kind of been um, just us waiting. So the process is still is still in limbo as far as that goes. I mean, we're still pursuing Selena and hopefully we'll adopt her one day if the country reopens. We've kind of gone as far as we can legally. We um, contacted every avenue we can contact in our country and in theirs. 
and the answer is pretty much unanimous. You know, sorry, there's really nothing we can do right now. Yeah. So it's it's really hard being in. You feel like you're in the dark. You mentioned, um, you mentioned a lawyer. Uh, do you guys talk? How does that How does that work? What do, what we do you used do to talk. Yeah, we. I mean, early on, like the first few years, we would talk a lot because that was really a, a main avenue that adoption, like, was being taken care of, was through these private, private lawyers, and so they knew a lot about what was going on, and we had a connection with him and just different things, and so. And he he had he had contacts within their government um, that he could kind of update us what was going on faster than like than, say the news. <laughs> um, and unfortunately the, the government system that was put in place in Guatemala to head up adoption. Um, I think there's just too many, it's kind of overwhelming for one governmental agency to handle. And last time we talked to him, he said they had kind of let go almost everybody that he knows within that um, agency and hired new people. Um, so he didn't really have much contact anymore. But Josh has since emailed um, some of the new directors. I don't, we don't get a lot of returns. Yeah, it's hard to get responses back from people that are high up like that. But we got to a point with him where he, he just said, I, there's nothing else we can do here. You know, we just have to wait yeah. until we can start a new application. So. Yeah, we usually get... We usually have some sort of email contact with him once a year at this point. Hey, anything on your end? No. Okay. I mean, it's kind of depressing sounding. Um, if Selena weren't in a safe place, it would be torturous, <laughs> you know, mentally. Yeah. Um, so we're grateful that she's safe. Yeah, she's really, <clears throat> excuse me, she's really in a good place. And so... Um, we want her here, but... Yeah. And what we're doing right now with the project is... You know, some people get confused and think that we're raising money for to raise money for our adoption, but that's really not what we're doing right now. I mean, what we're doing right now is meeting daily needs. I mean, Selena has physical therapy sessions that she goes to in school and just different, like they'll travel travel to go to the doctors. I remember the first like uh, transfer that we got from Noise Tray, we sent down there and we got an email back saying, "Hey, we just went to the doctor and." It, it was cities, you know, they have to drive cities to go to these doctors, these hospitals, and so it just met every one of their needs, and so that's kind of what what the project is about, is just raising kind of daily support for Selena and everything that she needs on a daily basis, so... Um, and hopefully even above and beyond that. Yeah, and hopefully just to bless her um, above that, for sure. So that, the, the adoption is kind of there. Um, the project, you know, we're just now really believing that we're starting to kind of get the word out about our our story you know it's like you can have an amazing product but if no one knows about it then you know it, no one knows about it so that's kind of where that is and we're about a fifth of the way toward I mean we wanted to raise 10,000 for Selena and we're about a fifth there so awesome yeah so we got a we got a little ways to go but we're excited about it and uh, yeah it's been a cool process I mean one of the other things that's really been cool that's kind of birthed out of this is that you know, our website or our, our blog or whatever you want to call it, like where we kind of walk through our story. Like we had a blog early on, but when we came up with the album, we thought, let's make the album more than just music. Like we don't want people just to download the music and give five bucks or whatever for the album. Like we want people to connect with our story. We want people to say, wow, I understand going through something like that or I've walked through difficulty like that or 
or whatever, and then connect with us, and that encourages us, and then hopefully we can encourage them, and it's just kind of this mutual thing. So we want people to understand that I think it's more than just music. You know, it's more. The, obviously, we're happy about the music and and love. You know what we're presenting um, to people, but we want people to connect with our story, and and that's why we like we we have you know blogs that we write and Facebook posts and just all that kind of stuff because we believe that through our stories we can encourage one another and that we can we can kind of walk through difficult things together. Yeah, it's cool. I'm looking at your site right now. Actually, the uh, music and movement post. I guess you did that one. Yeah, we. Yeah, and that one. Yeah, and and that one was picked up by uh, the Gospel Coalition. They released that one on their worship uh, podcast web. You know their site. So it's it's really been. I mean, in writing about our story has just been so you know and therapeutic really for me. It helps me focus on the Lord and just a lot of different things. So we try to keep that going as much as we can for sure. That's great. And yeah, we definitely want to help however we can on our end. Um, so thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Now, where can folks go online to find your blog and to find the, the record and, and to get involved? Yeah. And that's what I was going to say is I know the story is kind of confusing, but the, the website might be helpful. It's um, just hymnsforselena.com. Um, hymns is kind of spelled funny. You know, <laughs> there's like an M and an N, and <laughs> right. yeah. Some people are like, I can't find it, and I'm like, maybe switch the M and the N. Man, oh, there it is. Okay, um, I get confused. So yeah, hymnsforselena.com, and um, that's where most of the posts come from. Josh, the blog, the running blog, but Selena's story is on there. It might make more sense if you read it. And there's some videos up there, and some other content of some live performances that we've done, and. We're about to, uh, in a couple months, release a remix record. So we're really happy. Yeah, it's just, it's it's really been cool. But uh, so we're doing things like that. We're continuing to make content, basically. So we definitely want people to follow us. And yeah. they can find us on Facebook, with, you know, Hems for Selena is our page. Or Twitter, Hems for Selena. And just all yeah, that. what I'll do is I'll put all the all the links in our, in our show notes for today. So um, for this episode. And... Yeah, I think you know as 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 we're talking about all this, and as I'm looking at your site now, it's it's just cool to see um, the content go beyond just you know the uh, the lyric in a song. I think a lot of artists and a lot of writers they may have some good music, but they don't always have a great story. Do you know what I mean? Or they haven't at least worked that part out yet. And uh, yeah. for you guys, that's the the thing. That's that's the primary part of it all. Selena is very special, and she could have easily gone unknown by anybody and we just feel like she she's so special that everybody should know her and she's she's amazing so. yeah and it's like you know even on the first page like that whole line about commending the gospel like i mean that like understanding adoption is like central to understanding the gospel and understanding what god has done for us so just walking through this process has really just deepened that reality in my own life and so um that's kind of what we hope to do is just, you know, celebrate in the gospel, but then demonstrate that. And in this case, it's adoption and and just pursuing someone that, I mean, like no one else would pursue. So we, uh, yeah, it's just an amazing process that we hope, you know, people connect with. Yeah, and it, it, like you said, it's, it is a picture. It's a very practical picture of the gospel. 
where we were pursued. We were helpless and pursued by God. And um, it's awesome. So thanks again, guys. And, and we will definitely um, try to stay posted and we want to be praying for you guys. And, and please um, don't let that blog go dry or, or out of date because we want to know. Absolutely. Thanks, Nate, for having us on, man. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. you enjoyed that hope you were inspired um at the time of this recording actually we um we just discovered that there was an earthquake um in guatemala a 6.9 measured earthquake and um the place where selena and her host family have been staying is damaged uh too much they were okay praise god they're not hurt in any way but they've had to move uh to a new location and this happened about a month ago now but um so I'm not sure exactly where they are in the process, but um, there's always a need. And so I encourage you guys to get behind the walkers, get behind this project. It's great music, and um, it's worth uh, you know not just listening to it and, and, and enjoying it, but also getting behind these guys with your prayers and with your finances, too. So head over to christianmusicblog.com slash 60. That's our show notes for today's episode. And there I'll have some links to everything that we talked about. Their website is hymnsforselena.com, and you can find out more about their their project, Hymns for Selena, at Noise Trade. Donate um, some money and get that music and be part of this story and just uh, get get behind these guys. And Josh and Angela, thanks so much for, for uh, coming on our podcast and for sharing the story. Having a two-year-old myself and, um, and another one on the way, um, I, under, I, I know that you know our hearts get expanded when we when we um, have kids and then when we see other children who aren't our own, when we see them suffering, it's, it's, um, it's intense. And there's something that we said in our conversation there um, that was really true, that, that this really is a picture of the gospel. You know, God pursued us when we were helpless and fatherless and um, in need, in great need. And so that's uh, being demonstrated in this story. And so, it's awesome that it's it's more than just an album of hymns. Uh, though these hymns are amazing, they're awesome hymns that have stood the test of time. Uh, they're greatly produced. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, it's it's more than just that. It's also a great story. But I think I've repeated myself a hundred times now. So that's it for today's podcast. Um, again, head over to christianmusicblog.com slash 60 and you'll see the show notes for today's episode. Be sure to follow us on Twitter. We're at CMB Podcast. You'll see every link for every episode we do. And uh, I'm Nate Fancher at, at Nate, at, at, at Nate Fancher, and um, would love to interact with you there. And um, again, if you're a new listener or listeners who have yet to get this guide to Evernote on songwriting, head over to christianmusicblog.com slash gift, and you'll get that free download. Trust me, if you want to write more songs, you're going to need to get organized, and this is a great way to do that. christianmusicblog.com slash gift. You guys have a great couple of weeks. We'll see you soon.
Thank you for listening to the CMB Podcast. For more valuable content, including helpful articles and video, visit christianmusicblog.com.